Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, where we focus on you, the loan originator, to help your business grow to new heights that you never thought possible. And today, I have a great guest with me, um, Harry Paul. Hi, Harry. How are you? Great, Jennifer. How are you doing today? Doing very well, thank you. And I, I just want to again thank you for uh, joining our podcast and sharing your um, knowledge with us. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about Harry. Um, Harry is also known as Harry the Fish Guy. Um, he is the author and has co-authored as well um, seven books. He's currently working on his eighth book now, and one of those books was called Fish which was um, a proven way to boost morale and improve results. And this was um, really one of the reasons why I, I wanted to have you um, join us, Harry, is uh, because um, what you probably don't know about me, but my, my subscribers do, is that you know I'm very positive, I'm very outgoing, I don't take everything real, real serious, but I have a great time doing it. And that was one of the things that attracted to me about what you do in helping our, um, our subscribers uh, boost morale uh, for themselves and for their teams so that they can get um, better results. So w I want to get started with asking you, because we're, we're, it's timing that we're doing this particular um, interview. We're at the end of 2016, and um, one of the challenges I'm finding with the people that I coach uh, in the mortgage industry is that they're just now, and, and we're talking December, what are we today, December 12th, we're, they're thinking just now about 2017 and putting a plan together when I'm actually already in February in my mind. So what, do, what kind of suggestions do you have for everybody and how to get motivated to start thinking about 2017 sooner and, and what, what advice can you give us? Okay. Well, well, first of all, like you, uh, I, I like to be out there and have fun and, and make it positive and upbeat and interesting, funny, all those things. And because I always say, take your work seriously, just take yourselves a little less seriously. And, and I think you and I are on the same page on that. Now, as far as uh, planning for 2017, I, I always think it's a mistake when people look at their goals and they're planning as a quarter or a half a year, a year. I say look at the next 10 years and that yeah. where do you want to be in 10 years and then start working towards that because what happens is there's speed bumps along the way. But if you're measuring your success in quarters, then if you have a speed bump, it's almost like you implode. Like, oh, my God, I had a speed bump. What am I going to do? And 
then you start thinking, okay, how could I make a positive out of this? Too late. Too late. But if you're looking 10 years down the road and you're saying, this is the point I'm going to get to in 10 years, and then you start planning for that, if you hit the speed bump, you go, oh, well, I hit a speed bump. Let me move on because I have my long-term goal out there. So don't look at look – at, and then you have to, you know, bring it down into smaller chunks to manage it, but have that 10-year goal out there and then start planning how you're going to get there and the speed bumps won't be as devastating or debilitating to you and i think that's the best advice you can get is look long term not short term right and i think that's wonderful and you know and what we were talking about for just a few minutes offline was um the propensity for people you know this and i actually didn't say this but i'm gonna say it now you know that that uh people that don't put plans together or that um don't look long term or looking, you know, very short term, you know, next year, I'm just going to close this many deals. And then I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do the following years. And, and really what my life's purpose is, is, um, you know, they're the kind of people that absolutely love New Year's Eve <clears throat> and hate <laughs> New Year's Day because they hit that reset button every single year, you know, okay, that didn't work. So let me just start all over again, rather than building on uh, their businesses, they go along. Wouldn't you agree? I, I absolutely agree. And you mentioned something that, that I think is near and dear to my heart and should be for all your listeners, is sense of purpose. Yes. Uh, we need that so much. What are you really here for? And, and think about it in your line of work uh, with people who uh, are helping us you know, uh, me in particular, you know, Joe Schmo out there with his wife looking to downsize, sell a house, buy another house. I need money. I need to go to, to a, a mortgage person to help me navigate that sea. Okay, when you think about it like that, it starts getting, oh, my God, uh, it's going to be paperwork. It's going to be things I don't understand. And I think what uh, your lenders has to do is look at the product behind the product of what they do. That gives them such a sense of purpose and, and give a clear direction because it's easy to say, I, we lend money to people who buy houses. My, I'm not buying a house. I'm buying a home, number one. Number two, it's the American dream. Number three, it's where I'm going to raise my children maybe, or I already did. Mm -hmm. uh, we already did. And if you look at the product behind the product, are you, in effect, helping people get mortgages or enhancing their quality of life. Right. See, there's right. such a difference when you think about the product behind the product. Yeah. And it gives yeah, you that absolutely. sense of purpose that may, and drives you with passion. Yeah. And, we, you know, it's good that you're saying this because this reiterates exactly, you know, what I've been talking I too, I do talk about on the podcast quite frequently, you know, is about understanding what your life's purpose is. You know, there's a... Um, it's not a saying, but, you know, if you were to put two people in a room and ask them f to walk a mile, straight line, and one person will look down at their feet and try to put one foot in front of the other, and they'll rear, uh, veer off track. The other person who looks at the end at the mile goes right there. And, exactly. You know, it's... Um, with some little deviations and whatnot because, there, you know, the road might not be real smooth or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, I think that's, that's really critical. And I, I think that, that 
you make you know make a very good point for that. So when we we talk about um, you know putting this putting plans together, your strategy, your whole life, you know, looking at this, and especially as we're coming up into the new year. Um, so what are you going to do, Harry, to keep us motivated? Well, I, I think there's a certain a few things, and, if, and I'll draw from my uh, books. Like, and I, yep. for now, I'll draw from two different books, Fish, okay. uh-huh. and I'll draw from uh, Who Kidnapped Excellence, which helps people create a culture of excellence. What's going to drive people forward? What's going to get them uh, to wake up in the morning? See, and I think this is, a, you know, working with two, a, a phrase, do you get to or have to? When you get up in the morning, do you have to go to work or you get to go to work? You should be thinking about getting to go to work. That's an attitude. For instance, how many of your listeners wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say, today I'm going to be magnificent? Because if you don't, exactly. Think right. about it. I know you do. If you don't, you're, you're choosing ordinary by default. Getting back to that sense of purpose, product behind the product, what your listeners are doing is way too important, way too important not to wake up with that attitude of I'm going to be magnificent. I get to do this. I get to help people find their dream home. I, or, or not find it, get, or it could be, get Mortgage, into yeah. it, help them yeah. navigate. Because we just did that three years ago, my wife and I. We sold the house, we raised our kids in, we wanted a downsize. And I am one of those... I guess my wife and I are one of those buyers or, or somebody who needs a mortgage that is a dream to a mortgage uh, lender. Right. You know, credits in the 800s, money in the bank, financially stable, income coming in, and they put me through the ringer. Right. Absolutely through the ringer. I'll buy the house cash before I go through more of this aggravation. And, 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 you know, I'm lucky to be able to do that. Thankfully, I didn't, but they, I think they have to really work with people in uh, uh, helping them navigate that, and that comes back to that attitude, I'm going to be magnificent. I'm going to help these people navigate, get through it, and, and make it as painless as possible. The other thing is people have to enjoy what they're doing. Yes. We, we said it earlier. Take your work seriously. Take yourselves a little, little less seriously. Bring some fun into it, and fun it comes in many forms, many shapes. Yes, in my fish book, it's about throwing fish. That works for the Pike Place Fish Market in Seattle. Not going to work for your listeners. But you can find different ways of enjoying what you do. Also, it's understanding about being present with people. Why do you get up and go to work in the morning? What is your job? What is your mission? Everyone, every one of your listeners should have a mission out there. If you, if you follow what I'm saying, this is keeping them going in the right direction. And then have people feel great about what you do. And because why do you want people to feel great about what you do with them? Because then they become your advocates. And there's nothing like having an army of advocates out there doing the selling or, or the recommending for you. That keeps people motivated because, number one, it gives them a sense of direction. So they have a great attitude. They wake up in the morning. They understand what they do is, is world-changing and very important and enhances the quality of life. <laughs> Excuse me. They're having fun with it. They're enjoying it. They're getting up and say, and that brings energy. Third, they understand that they have to be present all the time. 
Why do they go to work to live that mission? And fourth, make people say, wow, that feels great. I like doing business with you. In fact, my friend's buying a home, and I, I think you, uh, you and they would get along great, and they need your help. That would keep people motivated because, <clears throat> excuse me, when you create that culture, that kind of culture, you're creating what I call a culture of excellence. Mm-hmm. People have passion for what they do. They're good at it, so they build their competency. They communicate well. They have flexibility because things happen all the time, and they take responsibility for what's going on. Because as a consumer, where I shut down, where most people, all people, in fact, shut down is when people don't take responsibility for what's going on. And those are the things that help keep you moving in the right direction and motivated. Yeah, I you know I would I would uh, totally agree with you. Do you remember the old uh, and some people who might be listening maybe a little bit younger? Do you remember the old uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial where he would wake up early in the morning and say, "Time to make the donuts," you know, and had that kind of <laughs> sort of poor attitude about going to work and stuff like that. And uh, you know, there there have been some loan officers in my in my career. You know, my 34 years in doing this that. You know, I kind of are like that. They walk in and like, hey, what's going on? You know, and then they whine and complain about why things. You know, I mean, definitely it is a checkup from the neck up, and it's really, really important to have that real positive um, attitude. But, but you are right. It all stems from why am I getting up? Why am I doing this? You know, start with why. We've all heard that. Um, you know, to fulfill that mission, and we can't drive that home enough for people to understand that. Uh, today, I might I might do a loan today, you know, close a loan today, and it's not about the money I'm making on this loan for, you know, my four walls to survive, but it's that the money that I'm making on this loan and every loan that I do is perpetuating and fulfilling my life's goal. And if people don't see that, I think that's really sad because all they're doing is trying to make the almighty dollar to survive day to day. Right. Well, I agree with that, but I think there's another side to that. Yes, it, it's to, you know, to pay the bills, it's to do more loans, it's to, to enhance your own quality of life, but think about the reward as a successful loan officer, a successful mortgage broker, someone who's lending people money to, buy, to build and buy their homes. They are helping people attain that dream. So there, it, it, not only is it Yes, it's helping me become financially secure. It's also fulfilling. And I think if you don't do that, then, uh, you know, what did Stephen Covey say? If you're always managing for the buck, or I know uh, I'm paraphrasing here, Uh it's like playing tennis with your eye on the scoreboard, thinking that it'll change for the better. But if you keep your eye on the ball, the scoreboard takes care of itself. So I think that fulfillment is what really, really drives people. It also helps people work much better as a team uh, because there's a whole team around what, uh, what, what lenders do because, you know, you have your underwriters, you have your office staff, uh, you know, you have to work with the escrow people, I'm sure. Uh, you know, all those people have to come together. And if you're that person that you mentioned from the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with the low energy <laughs> Yeah. That broadcast out, you think no one's noticing? The world notices. Oh, and absolutely. no one wants to do 
no one wants to do business with those type of folks. And we see it all the time. You walk into a restaurant and the host is there or the hostess and they go, yeah, uh, what do you need? Um, you know, I think I'm going to yeah. go to the restaurant. Well, it is, it's, all about, it's all about the spotlight. I mean, we have to realize that we're walking around with the spotlight on us, um, whether we believe it or not. And it's not, it's not always what we say, but it's what we're doing. It's, you know, what example are we setting um, in everything that we're doing, you know, and, and um, every one of us has that spotlight. <laughs> It's not just the leaders. Everybody has that. Oh, um, I think that's what's wrong with the world. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a blog right now. I, I don't know if you're familiar with ATD, the Association of Talent Development. They have like 70,000 members. It's the largest training and development trade association. They said, do a blog. And I said, I can only do a blog if I could whine and complain. <laughs> and they go, okay, go ahead, go whine and complain. It's about that when you walk in and the hostess or, or the host says, yes, uh, you know, they're friendly. What would you like? A table for three, a table for four. Okay, it'll be about 20 minutes. And you look around and the, t- and the place is empty or half full. Right. And, and you go, wait, why, why can't you just seat me now? Well, we don't have enough wait staff and the kitchen's uh, uh, short-staffed as well. So your poor planning costs me money. Uh, you know, give me a break or you call. This is one of my pet peeves. You call into a, a, a company, and you have to go through prompts to speak to somebody. Uh, and the last prompt you get is you think you're getting a person. They go, all our operators are busy helping other customers. Your call will be answered in the order of it, it was received. And I'm going, mm-hmm. if you're that busy, hire more receptionists or, 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 or telephone people, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. It, we, we seem to have slipped in, in service because – Part of what we're talking about, yes, is that sense of purpose, that sense of team, that sense of fulfillment. The other part is, can you give great service? My wife and I used the same. Uh, I was a mortgage broker for years. Why? Because when he came over, if it was a refi or we were buying a different home or something, he was there. All, most of the paperwork he could do on his own was already filled out on the computer. He says, I don't want you to have to do anything that I can do for you. And it made it so painless. That yeah. service, that fulfillment. Right, right. Well, you know, and I think, uh, I, I don't, it's not even that I think, you know, statistically, that's where everyone's heading. You know, all companies are heading to, you know, what is the, um, you know, the, the customer experience going to be. You know, for example, in our company at Apex Home Loans, we have a, a CXO, which is a chief experience officer. And um, that person's role is to provide an unbelievable experience for all of our employees. So there's a lot of hoopla going on internally um, with our company, as well as the customer experience. So um, we're always challenged by um, improving the experience of our, um, our customers every single day. Every morning, we have an email from him about the customer experience and how we can improve it from uh, how we answer the phone, what our phone uh, message sounds like, uh, what our emails look like, how fast we're, we're responding to the emails. Are they just, you know, we're, our life is busy and we're just responding. So, you know, this is, this is a, um, a movement now internationally on the customer experience. And that can't happen if you don't have the right mindset to begin with. Exactly. And, and bravo for doing that. The CXO is great because 
I think too many companies have a CUO in their uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Right, right. It's a responsive, you know, it's, oh, I got to do damage control, not forward thinking, but backward thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems to me, you know, it, it, and I, 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 I'm, I get a sneaky suspicion, Jennifer. This comes from people not listening, not listening to the, their own selves, the people around them, to the customers. We've become... Uh, and part of it is technology. Only part of it is we don't listen. And that's why people love texting and emailing because it's not a listening. There's no listening. It's just putting something out there. You, you can choose to read what they say, read it all, but you're mostly in a responsive mode with it. Because uh, what was it? I was doing a program in uh, Palm Springs a few months ago. I was with my wife because it's a great place to visit for us two hours away and walk into a restaurant for lunch, wait, the waitress comes over, she goes, what would you like to my wife? And my wife goes, I would like uh, iced tea. She turns to me, what would you like? I said, I, I, I'd like uh, some water with lemon. Oh, okay, would you like lemon with your water? Right, she wasn't listening, she wasn't present. No, not at all. And that's yeah. so important, because mm -hmm. once you put that wedge in there, I, I think human nature says, okay, let me see how many more things I could find wrong with this whole experience. And that's what your CXO does is avoid all those uh, bad, bad situations. Right. Well, try to. I mean, we, you know, it's a work in progress, right? We're human. So he's, he's always trying to find new ways for us to do it. And you know what I love about it, and I'm going to share just for a second about that, is that we have every other week we have meetings um, if in our, our entire processing department meets with him. The entire closing department meets with him. And the entire sales team meets with him um, to go over... Uh, different ways that we're communicating externally and internally within the departments, within within the sales organization, you know, salespeople to salespeople, salespeople to underwriting, salespeople to processing and closing, and then externally how we're relaying information to our vendors and our um, clients and our referral partners. And, you know, every other week this is brought to our attention. And it's something that, you know, it's top of mind all the time. And it should be. It's just yeah. like uh, in, in, in my, my book, Fish, it's about the Pike Place Fish Market in Seattle. Now, that's the most successful 1,200 square feet of re, uh, retail space in America. And wow. every one Thursday out of every month, all the fishmongers, 22 of them, get together over dinner, talk about what's working, not, what needs to be improved. It's called continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. And people go, I, you know, that's too hard. No, break it down. Think about with your CXO, with your weekly meetings, with, with what they do. If you say, I'm going to get better 1% at a time, I'm going to improve our customer experience 1% every month. If someone said that to you, 1%? Well, I can do that. Well, extrapolate that through math, what that happens in a year. Because if you said to somebody, I want you to uh, I, I want you to get, uh, you know, uh, improve 15%. You go, I can't do that. Can you do 1%? Yeah. Can you do 1% again? Yeah. See, what happens right. is you break, break it down into smaller chunks. It works. Now, what's interesting about the fish market, besides that, what they do with that meeting, there are three other fish markets selling the same fish 
for the same price within 100 yards of them. And they're the most successful and the most famous. And mm-hmm. it's not product. It's not price. It's service experience. It's the same with your listeners. There are many places to go get your mortgage out there. Right. Many, many, many places. Commodity. Where, yes. That's right. Where are you going to go? The one that's going to make you feel great. The one that's mm-hmm. going to help you build your American dream. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and that it gets back to what you were talking about before. Uh, you know, when you first when we first started talking about, uh, you know, measuring your success in quarters and things like that, uh, you know, that little 1%, it's, this is not a 180 degree turn. This isn't, okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to have this great positive attitude and I'm going to do everything. You know, this is taking it one little step at a time and recognizing where those areas could be changed, surveying your clients, talking to your, your referral partners and finding out you know why they use other people what is it that they do that's really good what is it that I do that's really good that I shouldn't change and what could I be doing better right and and so taking little baby steps to make little changes exactly it's not a light switch you walk over and go oh I'm great all of a sudden and I do (laughs) think it doesn't work that way and I do think the attitude starts that process and that's why I ask people who here woke up this morning, looked in the mirror, and said, I'm going to be magnificent. Because if you do, you see things differently, you act differently, and people respond to that. They Mm -hmm. see it. But if you have that, I have to go to work, you're right back to that Dunkin' Donut commercial. And isn't it, it's it's so pleasant when you walk into a place, (coughs) excuse me, and you see somebody who loves what they do, and you're going, wow, that's not like, you know, a hype, one of those jobs that you, it's your dream job, but they love what they do. They love helping people. They love helping people feel good. And you go, that's the kind of attitude. I wish everyone in my organization had that particular attitude. Right. And they do because I'm an organization of one, so everyone does have that attitude. <laughs> You know, it's funny that you say this about getting up in the morning. Uh, You know, when I get up in the morning, uh, one of the affirmations that I do every single day is somewhere, someone needs me and I need to find them. You got to be there for them. Yes, somewhere, someone needs me. Somewhere, somewhere, uh, someone needs me today, and I've got to go and find them. And I can't find them by having a lackluster attitude. I have to have a leaning in attitude, you know, of finding that that person. You know, and just recently, uh, our whole company has changed our even our verbiage about things. We don't uh, talk about how many loans we do in a month. We talk about how many families we help. See, that's, and that's a, a, little, fulfillment. a little shift. Yeah, a small that's shift. That's get to versus have to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So now um, I wanted to ask you another question, too, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Um, you have uh, the understa- You have something about the four ten- uh, tenets of achieving excellence. Can you share that with us so that we can um, overcome our average behavior? Okay, well, it's actually five, but that's okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we, we grew it bigger. You grew, uh, you grew it. I'm looking at one of your things, and it says four, so go ahead. Oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> the, there are four parts of the fish philosophy, 
but when we created a culture of excellence, we came up with five. And there are, there's a little bit of crossover. And what happens is why we came up with the title, Who Kidnapped Excellence? Companies have their excellence kidnapped by average, but their first reaction is denial. And when they, and they start denying, the really bad things start to happen because they start to accept average as their excellence, and that's when they go into a death spiral. So we came up with five things individuals and organizations need to do to maintain a culture of excellence. First is that passion. You know, what is it you do, that fulfillment, that excitement, that drives you, that says you get to, because what's the opposite of passion is indifference. Right. The second is you constantly got to fill the bucket with skills. So competency comes into play. Are you continually improving? Are you learning everything? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm fighting a cold. That's uh, okay. You, in Southern California, I'm fighting a cold. <laughs> right, because you had a drip of rain, right? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. That was a few weeks ago, right, yeah. 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 <clears throat> and you have to constantly uh, build your competency, learn more, especially in your business. I yes. mean, I think the rules must be changing daily. They are. What's the opposite? Yeah, what's the opposite of excellence is competency. The opposite is incompetent. Mm-hmm. Then you have to have great communication. You have to explain things to people so we can understand. Most people, I'm sure that your listeners are dealing with, don't understand the, the concept of, of the whole mortgage business. All, I, all they know is, I need money to buy my house and give me a payment book. Right. But they don't right. know all the underpinnings and underlying uh, uh-huh. uh, things that go on with that. So you got to have great communication skills, not obfuscate things. And I, and I do, yeah, and I don't mean to, I'm sorry to inject, but I just want to yeah. make sure we get that point across is that great communication skills that the client can understand. Uh, every business has acronyms in, a, in a, its own language, but in our business it is almost as bad as a government with our acronyms. So we have to be really careful not to say things like five-eighths on rate but rather 0.625, little simple things like that so that people can understand what we're telling them. Exactly. Uh, oh, or, or if you have a variable rate, it, it's tied to the Lipper Index LIBOR. Uh, versus yeah. <laughs> LIBOR. See, yeah. I, I don't even know. And, yep. and it's like, and I'm going, huh, what? Yeah. How do you, uh, you know, it's like, oh, my God. So you have to have that clear communication, mm-hmm. which, let's face it, is listening first. And then because the opposite, you know, what's opposite to average is miscommunication. And, and, and people and people shut down. The fourth thing is flexibility. You have to go in with a kind of a plan on how you approach it, but they might be throwing you curveballs all the right. time, a, a client. Well, you've got to be prepared. You've got to have your plan, but be prepared to change because the opposite of flexible is inflexible. Correct. You can see how that starts to create average. Then the fourth is ownership, take responsibility. If you don't take responsibility, you're just a poser. You, you, you pretend to care when you really don't. Now, what's interesting about having passion, competency, communication, flexibility, and ownership is those five things help build a culture of excellence. If you miss on any one of them, I don't care which one it is, you are moving away from excellence and moving towards average. And that is pretty scary. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think those are yeah, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. The, the fish market is always looking towards excellence. If you look at companies that have success over who measure their success in decades, wouldn't that be great? Measuring your success in decades instead of quarters, which we were speaking about earlier with goals. It, it, those are the companies that you want to learn from. They've been around for so long. What, how do they succeed? And, and, and if you start looking at them, it, it, it's they trust in their people. They build their skills. They instill a passion in them. They communicate well with their people or in turn communicate well with uh, the customers. They have flexibility. Things change. They're there. To, to start the process over or, or, or change a, a course, make a course correction, and they take responsibility. You know, we have a, a really poor football team in San Diego. <laughs> uh, they're, they're called the Chargers. I call them the Sparks because that's about all you can get out of them. Yeah. <clears throat> now, the quarterback who threw four interceptions and fumbled the ball twice yesterday goes on his news conference, his post-game news conference, talking about, we didn't execute as a team. We got to be better at this. We got to be better at that. It never once did he say, "Man, this is on me. I had a bad day. I threw four interceptions and and, and lost the ball twice. I should have stepped up. I should have played." Never takes responsibility, and, and that that just puts out the blame. And then uh, and all the players see that, the coaches see that, and that's why they've won five games all year. And, yeah. and, and, and believe me, I'm not a big sports guy, but it was so obvious to see that. Take responsibility when something happens. And I'm, uh, let me tell you what I'm going to do to make sure that doesn't happen again. We right. all make mistakes. We all make right. mistakes. Yeah, it's what we do with, you know, learning them um, versus just kind of going past them and saying, you know, okay, yeah, so I made a mistake. On I go, and I'm not going to make any changes or do an, an assessment, a daily you know, as part of my day, I mean, I'm always looking at the end of the day, what, you know, how could I have handled that phone call better? I didn't win that deal. What could I have done? Uh, you know, be, constantly be assessing yourself, you know. Yes, but don't beat yourself up over it either. No, it's measuring. It's, it's measuring yeah. and improving. I mean, it gets back to the skills and the, and the improving, you know, what could I have done better um, to make that work? How could I have changed one word or two words? And I, I think that that is self-improvement. Um, you know, oh, yeah, you're exactly. right. You know, some people can get down on themselves. I've seen those quarterbacks before, you know, blame all the catchers for the problem, <laughs> right? right? When sometimes it's not always that, or the receivers, rather. Um, so, exactly. It's like Frank Sinatra said about how he was successful through his career. And he achieved, you know, I'm a big Frank Sinatra fan, you know, close to perfection as a performer. And it was, he said he paid attention to every note and every word, every time, the guy was pretty good at what he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan, too. I'm a big fan, too. So I wanted to ask you, um, I wanted to ask you about the fun part of what you do. And this will be, the, you know, the last question I have for you is that, you know, it, it, so there's a lot of people that are listening are, are individual loan officers that, you know, need to, you know, they're out doing the grind and, and you know, day to day, that, that sort of thing. You know, what what kinds of suggestions can you give to that one individual to 
uh, you know, take a break, take a, uh, you know, work in interval, in intervals, and take, take a break and have some fun and rejuvenate themselves throughout the day. And then what else, second part of the question is, what, what can you recommend for a team leader who at this time of the year when we're putting together a new plan, and, and let's assume everybody starts doing this on a quarterly basis, but is pulling their team together to motivate uh, their team to, you know, work hard, play hard? What are the two things you could help us with individually and then as a team leader? Well, fun is interesting because what's fun for you may not be fun for me. And you have to look at fun as something very fluid. You know, when, you're, when you work alone, as I do, and, and a lot of your listeners do, how do you have fun? There's no one to turn to and, and, and tell a joke or something. So I think the fun at that particular point becomes how you interact with the people. It, you know, do you answer the phone? Do you call them and go, right, hey, I got your, uh, your, your loan docs here. Uh, there's a few uh, questions. Or, or you go, hey, how, hey, look, it's beautiful today. How are you doing? Fun can be just being a nice person. Fun can be just looking at things a little more lightheartedly because you're still doing your work. That's very important. And remember what I said earlier, take your work right. seriously, take yourselves a little less seriously. It's being a little self-effacing. It's being more approachable. It helps build the energy. Because uh, a lot of times when I was doing the FISH program uh, out there, and, you know, we get into fun, people say, oh, we decorate the office. What happens when they get dusty? Oh, we have Freaky Shirt Friday. What happens when you run out of Freaky Shirt? We have Tasty Taco Tuesday. What happens when you get tired of eating tacos on Tuesday? It's not about that. It's a, it's, a, it's a state of being within yourself that says, you have it, I have it. Uh, Jennifer, it's we kind of like, hey, I want people happy to see me. Because, hey, we're funny, they like us, we're personable, that we're there for them. That is play. That is fun. I never want to be stuck in that point like uh, in the Bob Dylan song, Positively Fourth Street, where the, the lyric goes, I wish that for just one time you could stand inside my shoes. Then you know what a drag it is to see you. you know, I never want to be that person. Right. So right. I think you have to look for your own fun. I can never tell somebody, oh, here's how I want you to have fun. Well, no, it's too personal. Just make it lighthearted. Start with that. Start right. with lighthearted and make sure people understand that attitude is the first part of fun. You can't play right. with a bad attitude. Right. The second and, and thing... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Yes. Oh, I, no, I, I was going to say, you know, as far as the team, when you have meetings, when you have get-togethers, switch them up. Don't all walk into the conference room, conference room with your, your cup of coffee and, and your iPhone uh, multitasking. Make, move, the, move the meeting outside. Take out the chairs. Stand up. Uh, say, hey, I, I want to start the meeting off a little differently. Uh, what did we all do this weekend? Uh, you know, anybody do anything exciting? Uh, you know, just kind of relax everybody. I did this program for Clear Channel Entertainment. I got a, an email uh, a few weeks later from one of the uh, uh, finance people. They said, oh, man, I, I took your thing about fun. And he says, I walked into a budget meeting, and I emptied out three cans of Silly String in there before we started. And he said, it gave everyone a new meeting of tied up in a budget meeting. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's a stress reducer. Yeah. And we were born to laugh. We were born to have fun. 
it was beaten out of us because it started with our parents. You know, I don't know about you, but I had to wear special clothes to play. Yeah. You can't go out until you change into your play clothes. That's See, right. What happens, it becomes a divide, play and work. You know, what are managers fear if people are playing? They're not working. We right. have to understand how to integrate it into what we do, and that's what teams have to do. And remember, honor everyone's idea of fun. Right. And then right. It, and you can keep it fresh forever. And we, a lot of us have secret weapons at home. They're called children. They're experts on play and fun. Give them that task. I want to have more fun at work, but i got to do my work. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, they'll have, how many do you want, 25? Right, they right. understand the concept. Well, you know, and I think, uh, you know, again, well, I was going to go back to the individual piece, but this will relate to both. You know, you said the state of being. Um, someone had said to me about being the silver lining in the room, and it's always sat with me, you know, and again, that's part of one of my, my affirmations in the morning is be the silver lining in the room. When I walk into a room, you know, recognize what the energy is real quickly and if it's not there, be the silver lining. Be the one that whenever your phone rings, um, or let me just say a realtor, when the phone rings and they see my name, they smile. They, want to, they want to hear from me because they know yeah. that I'm bringing the silver lining to the table. They, 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 you, I want, as you do, people to be happy to hear from me or talk to me and, and, and not dread calling me because then you get back to that lyric from Bob Dylan. Right. Exactly. And your product is better. I'll tell you a really quick story. I'll condense it down. It's about my dad. When he was in his mid-80s, he got a part-time job. And I know it was my mom kicking him out of the house to go get a part-time job. <laughs> right, because she didn't want him around, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I know you're familiar with Wawa. You live in the Virginia area. Yeah. The, the convenience stores. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wawa. He gets a job making coffee in the morning at Wawa. And he's out to, he's out to uh, day off. It's three mornings a, a week he was doing it. Day off, he's out with my mom having lunch, and a customer walks into him and says, Jack, I was in Wawa this morning, had a cup of coffee. You weren't there. It didn't taste nearly as good as when you're there making it. <laughs> and my, I know. My dad turns to my mom and goes, how, that, how can that be? You know, it's the same coffee. It's made by a machine. It's the mm, same water. It's filled as well. Yeah. And, now, and she goes, what do you want from me? Leave me alone. Typical response. And he thought it was because he rinsed the pots out well. He tells me that story, and I start to laugh. I said, that has nothing to do with how you make your coffee. I said, you, you make yeah. the coffee taste better by being who you are. And then yeah. he finally got it. And, in fact, when Wawa did their book called The Wawa Way, which I always thought was funny, yeah. uh, on page 100 is that story about my dad. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But, but you we know what's so We all can make our true. coffee taste better. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> there you go, a new book. Right? A new book. Yeah. There you go. Right off the bat. Well, it's, Harry, it's been a pleasure um, talking to you, and I'm, I'm uh, uplifted, and, you know, you were the silver lining in my day. I, I have to well, tell you, you. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, – I've taken copious notes. I hope everyone who's listening has done the same thing, and I'm a big note taker. Um, and I also implement. I'm a big implementer, so they won't just uh, go on the pages and be, be left there. But I want to ask you, you know, what you would like to leave us with. Well, I, I, I think if there's anything – the one thing I said, I, I, I know it said it three times, do wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, today you're going to be magnificent. And if any of your people are having uh, 
you know, want to learn more about it, it's easy to find my books on Amazon. Uh, there, there's four books in the Fish series. There's Who Kidnapped Excellent. Uh, you can learn more about me at harrythefishguy.com. Very easy to remember. And, and, and remember, you're going to work one way or the other. You're going to work. You might as well figure out how to enjoy it because you're there. And it makes exactly. it much more pleasant. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, you know what? I got, I got a little phrase for you. Why make a ripple when you can make a splash? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? And I've always tried to make, you know, and, and don't worry about it's not a race. It'll come. I didn't co-author my first book till I was 50 years old, and it, and it sold a book a minute for two years and has already surpassed that one book, surpassed five and a half million copies. Anyone can do this, and don't worry. If you work hard, you keep focused, you, you do good in the world, you, you help people be, uh, be better, it'll come. It always does, and it doesn't matter when. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, you know, it's inspirational because, you know, uh, we all, these days, we're all going to live to be 100 years old, cause, so we better get our act together as soon as we can and, and realize that, you know, we have a lot of life to live and there's a lot of things that we can do. We just have to sit down and decide where our passion is and, you know, take it from there. So oh, now you tell me I'm going to live to 100, I've got to save more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation I could talk to you about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Well, Harry, thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody, again, please, you know, thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. And please go over to iTunes and, and write a review and let us know what you're thinking about it. And again, thank you all for, for those of you that have reached out to me and have, we've had these little side conversations. I really, really appreciate your comments to me. Um, they let me know that my passion, which is sharing, uh, you know, my years of this of success in the business that it's making a difference and making an impact so give me a great Christmas present this year and share with me what I've done or helped you with you know that that um, you're going to implement next year so until next time we'll see you soon thank you for listening to mortgage lending mastery if you liked what you heard please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating get more free email updates transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.